Under the Cover Book Review, an Action Coach podcast. Episode 1, a book review of The E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber. Presented by John Asquith with special guest Cam Stott. So welcome to the first week of our monthly book reviews, Under the Cover. Uh, This month we're going to be discussing a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. The E-Myth stands for The Entrepreneurial Myth and it's basically a book about Um, The easiest way to explain it is why small businesses fail and what to do about it. Michael spent around 20 years of his life just going to visit um, small to medium-sized companies in and around America, and he found that there were some specific traits that were were wrong with the business. Um, So, Cam, when did you first read the book? So, I first read The E-Myth. It would have been about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first business book that I read, actually. Um, five years ago and it was it was really my introduction to business I'd, I'd done a little bit around business finance and stuff uh, mm-hmm. through school and college but it was my first introduction to how a business actually looks and, and how it works so yeah about five years ago so you're ready five years ago what were the main takeaways for you I know you made some notes on on that yeah so uh, there was a couple of really interesting things I think what it all boils down to really is the working on your business and not in it principle um, so Gerber talks about you know setting up a business so that the you Gerbs, a, so you can have a better life. Um, so it's all about working on the business, not in it. And then there's a, a lot of things that sort of break out from that. But that was my main takeaway from the book. Yeah, I mean from from really the get go, where he speaks about there's three types of people that start businesses. You know, when I speak to companies across the country, what I what I tend to find is the majority. In fact, let's go through those three things. I think people get a lot of value from that. So the first type of person that starts a business is what we call a technician. So they're, they're technically good at what the company does. So you don't see many hairdressers, for instance, starting um, garages. You know, if, you, if you're a trained hairdresser, you start a hairdressing company. Um, and I would say the high majority of people in this country are like that. You know, there are two other types of people, and that's managers. So they tend to be middle management um, and they get disillusioned with where the company is and think they can do a better job, so they'll tend to start up. And then you've got the serial entrepreneurs that they've got the money-making idea, not necessarily the skills to implement or do the job, but they just know what they want and they go out and get it. Mm, so like your, your serial entrepreneur would be sort of your lower sugars, people that go into a business without a yeah. technical knowledge of the job. Yeah, and uh, I think well, I think if you look at Lord, people like Lord Sugar and Branson, you know, people often describe them as entrepreneurs, but they're also technically gifted. Hmm. You know, Branson made his money, um, yet from an entrepreneurial viewpoint when he was selling records, but he really started making his money through Mike Oldfield. Hmm. You know, when he was producing tubular bells, so he was technically gifted as well. Hmm. And if you're looking from a management perspective, he's a phenomenal manager. So, you know, people that are really at the, at the top of, of the mountain tend to have good skills in all areas. Um, but from a book perspective, it's good that you highlight where you are um, and what you need to work on in order for the business to become great. Because being the best hairdresser doesn't mean you can have the best hairdressing business. Mm, I completely agree. And I think w- one of the things that Gerber touches on in the book is actually where a business owner needs to be in that sort of three-way event. Yeah, bang in the middle. Mm. Bang in the middle. Yeah, because you can't, you know, to actually run the business, you've got to have an entrepreneurial mindset. You've got to understand how to manage people and you need a sound understanding of the job. One of the questions that I had on that book, actually, John, was, so what's the, and I'm guessing it'd be the same for a lot of the people listening, what's the difference between having a sound understanding of the technical side of the job and doing it? 
I think, like for instance, if I was running a sales company, it's important for me to be able to know how to sell somebody, to know who to recruit, you know, how to manage people, because ultimately you're going to get the respect from understanding how to do the job. So if you are thinking about running a business, I'm not for one second suggesting that hairdressers should start running garages. I'm not, or or mechanics should start running hairdressing. <laughs> be an interesting cut. Yeah, <laughs> or an interesting um, engine <laughs> refill. But you, you do have to have that, that sound understanding. It's the, and it, the skills come from not having to do the job. You know, it's, it's knowing how to do it, but also being able to teach other people how to do it. Because mm. from a business owner's perspective, you know, if you look at Richard Branson, he makes money from three major things. Where does he make money from? Uh, well, Virgin Media. Okay, so media. So that covers his broadband... Um, TV. TV is music production, things like that. So you've got media is one. What are the others? Do you know? Uh, travel. You see, you could call it travel. So, um, it leisure? Call, you it call it leisure. leisure. So you've got um, trains, you've got planes, and the third one is what? Finance. So they're the three areas that he will raise, raise um, cash and assets. You don't ever see him laying cable. You know, you don't ever see him flying a plane mm. and he's not at the end of the phone answering the calls to broker a finance deal but does he have a sound understanding of what makes you know that leisure side of his business work absolutely he couldn't ever fly a plane but he understands the technica- technicalities of what the business does mm. that's really the key you know I, I don't have to be a phenomenal plumber to run a plumbing company I need to be able to understand what the market needs and be able to hire the people that then can systemize my business. Yeah. And, and it, come up with the how-tos. And it's interesting you say that because I know one of the other big things in the book is about systemization and scalability. Mm-hmm. I think he talks a lot about Ray Kroc yeah, in yeah. the book uh, and the McDonald's uh, franchise model, which I know you're a big fan of, John. It's yeah, and for anybody listening that's interested in how, how McDonald's started and how it got to where it is today, The Founder's a great film to watch as well. I know we're talking about Founder. the E-Myth, but The Founder's a great watch. Yeah, it's... And one of the things that, that always amazes me about McDonald's, and, and you probably know the stats a little bit better than I do, John, is the the fact that we've got a, a literally a billion pound operation. Yeah, multi-billion. Multi-billion pound. Multi-billion pound operation. And it's, what's the average age of a McDonald's worker? So you've got, um, the average age of a McDonald's worker is around 17. The stats might have changed now. Um, managers between 21 and 23. Um, you know, they did come out of franchising for a while. Now they're back into the franchising model. And I know somebody that Sonny's going through that process. Okay. And it's just, it's crazy. The, uh, the detail that they go to on how to run this business just explains why it's ran by people that struggle to get out of bed normally. Yeah. You know, if, um, the average, I think the, uh, of an average McDonald's, not a top store or a bottom store, it's around between four and six million pound in turnover. Now, if you think the majority of takeaways would love that sort of revenue. <laughs> Probably kill them. Um, yeah, and, you know, but McDonald's have got a sound understanding that they're not in a food business. They're not in a food business. They're in a, um, a property business. So if you buy a McDonald's franchise, you'll never own the building. You'll never own the land that it's on. You'll constantly have to rent it from McDonald's Inc. Yeah. Um, they're not in the, in the business of selling um, burgers to people. They're in the business of land owning. That's where they're, and if you watch the video, that um, the, the video, what is this, 1982? <laughs> uh, if you watch the if you watch the movie, that the that really comes across. Yeah, it, that's where McDonald's because they nearly failed. Was it when? 
So did they fail when they went out of franchising? Is that no? When they went into franchising. Oh wow! Right. So when Gerber with the Raycroft, that that's happened. When Raycroft took over the business and decided to franchise things in his crazy, unique way, um, they took the wrong people on. Um, that started running the franchise in a, in a wrong way. What Gerber talks about is making sure that you've got systems that run a business. You know, so for the business owners that are employing people that are listening to this, if you really think about it, who's running the business right now? Is it systems or is it people? You know, the circle or the cycle of business should be that you've got great systems in place that are run by great people. If the people leave, you can replace them because you've always got the system there. Um, so wherever you can come up with how-to manuals, you know, how-to and why-to, how to do the job and why you want it done that way, um, it's really, really important for streamlining. Why would you say that, because I know a lot of people listening, um, a, a lot of them will probably not, they might not have the how-to manuals. I'd, I'd be willing to put my neck on the line and say a lot don't have a why-to. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that that's important? Um, if you, okay, so if, if I do a job once... So, okay, let me consider for a second that I'm worth 50 quid an hour. And I find myself doing £10 an hour work. So answering the phone, um, filling a ledger in, whatever that might look like. Every time that I do that, the company's losing 40 quid an hour. Yeah. Because it could cost me £10 to hire that person. So every time that I would catch myself doing something like that, I would write down how to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. and then train somebody else how to do it. So therefore, I'll never have to do that job again. I can then focus doing the £50 an hour work, which makes the business more money, and ultimately makes me more money and, and happier as well. So a how to do the job doesn't leave it down to people's interpretation. Now, you've probably been to um, a restaurant before, mm-hmm. and you've been once, and it's been great service. Yeah, You've been greeted well, you've been sat down at the time that you were supposed to be sat down at, um, the meal was good. They took the bill on time. You weren't sat there clicking your fingers trying to pay. And you, you left the restaurant. And you made a decision at that point in time to go back. When you go back, you get served, you get greeted differently. You get served differently. You're having to sit there for 20 minutes to try and get eye contact with somebody to pay the bill. The meal wasn't that good. And that's because they haven't got how to. So if you look at a, a, a restaurant, the how to side of things, how to greet someone how to take a book in, how to answer the phone, to make sure that it's a systematic approach. So everybody that you deal with gets the same service. Mm. And, and that's one thing you could say about McDonald's as well. And don't get me wrong, for anybody listening, we, I, I'm, and I'll speak for John with this. I'm a fan. We might be fans, but we're not suggesting it's an a la carte no. you know, restaurant or that it's, it's the most ethically ran business in the world. But with everything that you were just mentioned in there, John, everything Gerber references in the book... You could go to a McDonald's in London, Sheffield, Manchester, or Thailand, and you'll get greeted the same way and get the same service. Yeah, um, look, if we're all going to be honest with people, if we're all going to be honest with each other, if somebody offered me an opportunity to own a McDonald's franchise today, we'd take it. Oh, for sure. What's the waiting list? It's quite long, isn't it? Because not anymore, not anymore. So the, the process is a difficult process to get through. I mean, the stages that the person that I know son's going through is just crazy. Mm. So you, the first thing you have to apply, then you get grilled on your application, then you have to do two weeks. Pardon in, the pun. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Then you have to do two weeks in store, and everything that you've shown over that two weeks, you've got to document and show proof that you've. I mean, it's so difficult to get through. Yeah. You've also got. I think it's a quarter of a million in finance you've got to have. Wow, okay. Available day one. If you haven't got that, then there's no point even even applying. Wow. Okay. Um, what was the question? I've lost you. Um, I was just. I was you just don't even know, do you? 
No, I was just saying that if you go to a, a, a Mackey's anywhere in the world, you're going to get the same sort of service and talking about uh, the waiting list for what it is to own a business. Yeah, and if you think about it, McDonald's, it's never, pro- it's never ever professed to be a la carte. What does it profess? Fast food. Speed. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you go to, like, um, I don't know, a burger van, you're going to get served quicker at McDonald's, and they're dealing with, God, hundreds of customers all at the same time. Mm. Now, they've got a 90-second window. That's their KPI, to deliver between you ordering your food and getting it given within 90 seconds. Wow, okay. And if they underperform on that, they get a visit from the franchisor and say, look, what do we we got to work on to make sure we hit this 90-second window? So what a great bloody system to have. I was going to say, literally the perfect business. From the outside looking in, it sounds like a license to print money. Um, So what other things did you take from the e-myth? So... um, like I say, that I think we've covered the the, the bulk of it. Uh, for me, it was I think one of the really interesting things as well is, and, and people listening to this might agree, they might disagree. How Gerber sort of talks about how we end up setting up a business. So I know you mentioned earlier, John, quite rightly, that around eighty to ninety percent of people that set up businesses are technicians. Mm-hmm. But Gerber references references it as an entrepreneurial seizure. Yeah, waking up that morning and going, I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah, and what I found really interesting was sort of the window into the mindset of, of the people who were doing that, because um, I know a bulk of the people that we speak with are in that bracket, and, and everybody's slightly different with it, and I think one of the main takeaways for me, and, and one of the things that I, I chat with business owners about was, start with the end in mind, I know that's not Gerber's philosophy, but he sort of touches on it there, and when you have that entrepreneurial seizure, when you decide for whatever reason that your lot's not good enough and you want more... When you build in this business or whatever business it is, make sure that you start with what you want and really keep that as a core focus because otherwise you're going to end up building this massive animal that you're subservient to. For me, it's the stories that he tells in the book. Um, so any time that I, I would tell somebody to, look, go and buy the E-Myth and read the E-Myth, I can guarantee when I call them back the week after, they'll say it's like he was talking to me. Mm. You know, the first time I read it, you, you can put yourself into whether it's Sarah's shoes or whoever, and you can go, you know, well, that that is me. So the story about Sarah, how she sets up the cake business, yeah, the and she did it because of, I think I don't know, it was a, a great aunt or a nan aunt, can't remember which one it was. I think it was a great aunt, uh, and she wanted to just be just like her, and she didn't feel like it. And he runs through why she's feeling the way that she's feeling, and what to do about it. So yeah, if you're reading the book, it, it's sort of like it's written for you, especially if you're a business owner that just wants to go somewhere that you're not right now you know you've got a new destination that you want to aim for mm-hmm. um, so I think that covers the book yeah and thanks ever so much Cam for uh, for joining me today thanks for and look the main thing is go out and read the book you can never out earn your learning correct um, so if you want to get more from your business you know and I don't want to set, sort of end on a, on a low note but where you are right now in your business is ultimately down to the education that you've got and the actions that you're taking in your business in order to take better actions and better decisions you need better education so go out there read the book invest the time I guarantee it'll be a great worth of a tenner oh yeah I think you can probably a bit cheaper than that yeah right, I'll put a personal guarantee out there then so if you go out there and buy the book and read it and you don't think you get £10 of a value send me an invoice send me a bill <laughs> um, you know the main thing is to get people reading more and educating themselves about how to get a business to work so they don't have to also it'd be really interesting to hear what other people's thoughts are on the book you know if anybody wants to get a review over to us that, and, and give us some points that they picked up from it always interesting yes yeah, so if you've read the book please comment below as this has been going to be posted out on a, a few social feeds so what did you get from the book just so people that haven't read it can also get your insights into the book as well 
Alright, Cam, thanks very much for the first edition. Cheers, John. Good Thank work. you.